Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Dracula Untold, directed by Gary Shaw and released in 2014. The plot goes something like this. Medieval Transylvanian Prince Vlad the Impaler makes a deal with the supernatural when invading Turkish forces threaten his kingdom and his family. I nearly started laughing reading that. I, I, I wrote that one with that in mind. It's just so over the top, this movie. <laughs> like, really kind of, but in, I don't know, in a way that's a little bit great. Like, there was something about the way that he, uh, that this was put together. I think they didn't quite have enough story to cover the running time. <laughs> and, nope. uh, no, um, there's a reason why the Dracula story is the one with, like, later on when he's already a vampire. Like, we, the, the, um, spoilers if you haven't seen it the end of this movie kind of sets that up yeah with Mina Harker and everything and you're like oh there's an interesting movie I want to see <laughs> and but it's a movie we've already seen a million times but there's a reason why that's the story like this was not not great but at the same time there's something about like when he raises his vampire army that was so cool I yeah I kind of liked it I mean, I yeah, I, I've not watched a heck of a lot of Dracula. I've I've watched the Buffy episode that had Dracula in it. <laughs> Buffy versus Dracula. Yeah, so I yeah, so I knew like I knew certain things like Dracula always comes back. I was like, when I saw him dead, I'm like, oh, he's not dead. He's coming back. That one has one of the best um, lines in the whole show, which is when Xander is he becomes Dracula's lackey for the episode, mm. and there's there's a line where early on where he says, um, the Dark Master, Beta. <laughs> um, and then later on, he calls him the the unholy prince, and then he goes, "Beta." <laughs> He's so funny. In I don't that remember episode. that one. I just remember the line about you haven't seen very many Dracula movies, or do you think I've never seen a Dracula yeah, yeah, movie yeah, yeah, or when something? He comes back. Yeah. So that I knew that, and that was that was all I knew. I'd never seen a Dracula movie, and this was like an origin story. Was, it, as far as origin stories go, it's kind of okay. Small little principality is threatened by big scary Ottoman Empire. Prince and what? Principality. It's what's oh, called when a like I thought you he meant calls the, it a kingdom, I, yeah. but it's when when a leader is a, when the leader of something is a prince, it's called a principality. Yeah, yeah. I wondered about that for a second. Like but a the other thing was, I thought anyway. you were talking about the sun for a second. Oh, Prince, what's his like, face? <laughs> prince what? Prince Ingeris, I believe. Ingeris, yes, sounded like Icarus at one point. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, uh huh. A couple of times. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Ingress. Ingress. Um, it's just, yeah, little tiny country run by a valiant prince is under threat from the big, scary, evil empire. So the prince goes to the dark side and then takes everybody to Helm's Deep. Wait. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was Helm's Deep. And, and Luke Evans was doing his best Aragorn in this. Um, but there's a, there was a part when you said, oh, she has a name very, very close to the end of the movie. I'm pretty sure we heard her name earlier. Mm-hmm. Like in the she first being scene, the wife, yeah, the, the wife, because she's the only she in the movie, Marina, um, yeah. except for a couple of vampires that he. That I'm he not. Turns I am notoriously cool. bad at hearing people's names. In movies, I know, so. but I think I think you were make, trying to make a point about like her yeah, yeah. character, and I don't think that's entirely no. fair because well, I actually think be, she was a pretty cool character, and that's what I because. I, at the beginning, I'm like, oh, medieval queens have got so much more spunk than this. But by the end, she does. Like, that's her character journey. When she starts, she's this young, naive prince's wife. And then by the end, she's actually, she's a medieval queen, you know, working to save her son and her, protect her husband and stand at his side and, you know, rule in, in his stead in some parts. I, so I actually liked her journey. I actually in the think, end. Um, I think Sarah Gadon, who plays her, who is a Canadian actress who keeps playing British women for some reason, mm. is quite good. 
Yeah. Um, I think she, in spite of the fact that she looks like she's 12 in this movie, mm. I know she actually is 27, but I still think she looks about 22 yeah. or something. So it looks like there's this massive age gap, but we discovered that Luke Evans is actually only 35. So yeah. it's, it's not, not a huge age like gap. It's an eight-year age gap. It just looks enormous. Yeah. Like, I thought she was his daughter when she first yeah. was on screen. And I was like, well, at least they're being accurate. You know, in medieval times, you probably did come back to marry a 22, uh, sorry, a 12-year-old. Because, yeah, she's 20, 27, Seven, yeah. we, we figured out, because this kid would be about nine and we were trying to work out the ages. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it it's it was funny because she just looks really young. But she yeah. – I can understand why they cast her because she really kind of sold that role. Yeah, she was And good. I know – I mean, she did sort of just stand by her man and all that sort of thing, but she has these moments of – where instead of just doing that because she has to, because she's the girl in the movie, she really makes the choice to do it. That's what I'm saying. She actually steps up and becomes the queen. Like, and she makes the yeah. choice to s- support him even when he's a monster and she makes the choice to like – and she frequently protects her son and so she just – she mm. kind of uh, – instead of just being – I mean, she could be better. Yeah. And there could be more women in the movie. But she also – she isn't devoid of agency. She has mm. agency and the yes. choices she makes are very clear in the movie. Yeah. And she makes them consciously. Yes. Which I think is good. I don't think they rob her of any agency in the movie. No, no. For a, such a, like, dodgy vampire movie, it's actually not terrible. Right. And they, they're kind of equal partners in their relationship as well. Yes. that That's um, very true. So I think that was – I mean, it, it, yeah, it could have been better. Um, Charles Dance was pretty great. Oh, as the <laughs> Ur vampire. Yeah, he was pretty great. I think having somebody with that kind of gravity worked well for that character. Gravitas? Yes. Agreed. Because I didn't know who it was. Um, I did. I figured that out when he was still in so, makeup. And all through the trailers, he's got this sort of um, Alan Rickman-esque voice. Because mm. the, there's like lines in the trailers that don't actually happen in the movie, like, rise, Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it in this full-on um, Alan Rickman voice. So I didn't know who it was, but he was great. Yeah. I liked him too. Yeah, I thought we could have seen more of the transformation, actually. Because it's sort of, he bites him, he dies, and then he revives in the river. It's not that great. And there's no, like, the the thing that really disappointed me was there's no sort of, like, training montage or, like, learning to use his skills montage. No. It's pretty much just he becomes a, Drac- a, 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 a Dracula, a vampire, mm. and then he's like, cool, I can see really far and I can hear things really well and I can turn into bats. Okay, and war. <laughs> like, Yeah, there's no bang. sort of learning to use his powers at all. No, I, I thought that was that could have been fun. Yeah, and Especially if you're going for this kind of, like, like when you're going this kind of... It's a really I, short runtime. They had time for it. I want to say gritty campy, if that's a thing. Like, it's all, like, everything's grey except for the blood and the cape and stuff and everything's really, like, it. it you know, it's mm. black and white and red, basically, is the color yeah. scheme of this movie. But I do feel like it was gritty campy. It's kind of like, oh, look, it's really realistic to this time period. And there's vampires. Yeah. <laughs> and the vampires are really over the top. And uh, so I think I think gritty campy kind of works for the, mm. uh, the theme of it, the mo- mood of it. Yeah. Whoever um, shot this also was really willing to try and experiment. Like there's all these random zoom shots and then that the montage of him turning into a vampire is like lots of quick cuts everywhere. There's also sword cam and vamp cam yeah, and yeah. bat cam. Yeah. <laughs> like when he's a vampire, the colours uh, are different. Like he can see the blood rushing through people's – but the thing mm-hmm. – I always have a problem with that. It's the same thing in Predator and stuff. Like no matter how fu- how great technology gets – what you're st- seeing whenever they try and do that kind of point of view cam is still too technological. Like you can tell it's technology. 
Right. And it always kind of takes you out of the movie. That's a, I mean, that's something that I've noticed in a lot of these movies. Whenever they went into vamp cam where he could see the blood or he like did the zoom and suddenly the army was there and stuff like that, mm. I was like, yeah, but that looks like special effects. Okay. Like it, and you shouldn't, I don't think you should ever have like a person's point of view or a character's point of view be special effects. Okay. Because it removes you from the reality of the movie. They should okay. be able to see what we see, but like better. Okay. And I don't know how they're going to do that, but I don't think it, it was right in this. Actually, when, when you saw her, um, when you saw her neck yeah. and then you could see the vein, that, was, that cool. was good. Yeah, I really liked that. That kind of thing is fine, but not when the whole shot is special effects and it's supposed to be what he sees. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I, I understand what you mean. It, it, is, um, it is like the Predator thing updated where you, what all you see is like the heat, heat yeah. sense and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's the first thing I thought of was Predator. Mm. <laughs> Um, I think Luke Evans did fine. Yeah, yeah, he did good. I like his mouth. He has a nice mouth and also nice arms. Yeah, he's like so ripped and he takes his shirt off within the first few seconds. This is great. Not the first few seconds. The first few seconds, if you remember correctly, are um, of like one of those fake still shots where it's like the the camera's moving around, everybody's standing really oh, still. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where everything is like frozen and, mm. you know. Uh, well, so, okay, the first few minutes, fair enough, that, to be fair. That opening, I, I think you knew from the opening scene that you were kind of in for a treat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything is so serious. By the way, we're in Transylvania and the Turks are invading and there's vampires and dragons. <laughs> like, Son of it's the dragon. just that kind of movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't have enough story to beef it up, so they had a lot of like transitioning. They're going from this Pretty place to another place, and yeah. Um, I wasn't sure about what time it was at any point. Like, I thought oh. it had only only one day had passed, and then there was supposed to be three days. And he was like, "Let me get through this for one more day." And I was like, "But that." And when what? then then the sun's going to rise, and I'm my powers are going to be gone. Oh, okay, well, that's how it works. <laughs> but also, it, it seemed like he would. It was he could run in the daytime so long as it was cloudy and the sun wasn't yes. out. So that seems not quite in keeping with my understanding of vampire lore, but sure. To be fair, that's the same in Buffy and almost any vampire thing that I've seen apart from traditional ones. I, w I was going to say I'm not sure I've ever noticed that, but that's because Buffy is set in California. So it's always sunny <laughs> Yeah, the but then there's the episode um, Amends when it snows and Angel is like tormented by the like the first evil is coming in the form of all of these people he killed and there's the episode where he's going to kill himself by sunlight and it snows that day mm -hmm. and they're like oh my god it's snowing in southern california it's so amazing i hadn't um, i've not seen that episode at all so there's also a ring remember. that can make you walk in daylight that's only in two episodes that's in the harsh light of day on buffy and on angel it's the one where he forgets the day oh no that might be no that's a different thing okay but uh, yeah, there's but one, anyway. Oh no, so it's the one where Oz comes to visit. Basically, and he gets tortured and he has, spikes there. Yeah, but basically, Luke Evans' vampire Dracula gets some very convenient cloud cover when he needs it. Well, I mean, he, there are other he time, creates cloud cover for himself by the time he's by at, the like, end the height of, it, of his. Yeah, powers. he's worked. He's worked out how to make his own cloud cover. But, but I think also that's something that comes he wakes along. up and he can he conveniently has cloud cover, and I'm like, mm. Mm -mm. although it's sort of dark. No, it's not. It's not daylight yet. Then. No, it's it's yeah. A lot of it seems to have been shot in that sort of period before the sun quite comes up, where it's just starting to get light. Yes. Although it seems to have done that and then also be night for another several hours. Yeah, this is yeah. the other thing. The timeline was very wonky because there's certain shots where you're like, it's clearly daylight you, in this tent and he'd go outside and it would be night. Yeah. And, and you're like, what? what? And how, he's too, <laughs> this is too well lit for it to be daytime. Um, maybe, the, maybe there was a training montage and they cut it out 
There's another scene where um, there's one that I specifically remember when he's talking to his wife about turning into the vampire, right? Yeah. And, like, he's sitting in a tent. And in the close-up shots, there's this, like, ray of sunlight across his shoulder. And I was like, wait, is he not, like, can he sit in sunlight? But then in the mid-shots... There's no ray of sunlight on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then he cuts open the tent and the sunlight comes yeah. in and it's on him and he burns up. Right. And I'm like, hang and on a minute. Sometimes- there was definitely a ray of sunlight on your shoulder specifically yeah. a second ago that and, I saw. And sometimes he burns up through his clothes and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the clothes protect him. No. Yeah, he like he walks on silver with his boots and his feet oh, right. are okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. And then when the state comes close to him, like all of his little dragon armor burns away. Yeah. So inconsistent. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it is so inconsistent. Also, biggest, biggest issue with the movie, Dominic Cooper as a Turk. Oh, God. Dominic Cooper with excess spray tan and eyeliner playing a Turk. That's Guys, this That's is blackface. 2014. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, no, it's straight up blackface. That is it's not allowed. Super racist. That yeah, it looks – it's actually – it reminds me of – um. Have you seen the – what's that big biblical movie they're making with all white guys and they're doing exactly the same <laughs> thing? Um, uh, uh, ex- Exodus. Exodus, yeah. Yeah, I know. I can't believe they can make that movie. That's I, I can't believe they can get away with that. Like, I can't believe they can get away with even just doing what they did to Dominic Cooper. Like, Well, to, to be fair, okay, ancient Egypt apparently was ruled by a lot of white people because it was a melting pot of culture, but the ruling class came in because Cleopatra was white. Was she? Um, the ruling class came in. This is what I've heard. Please don't quote me on this. I, I I heard it from somebody and then I looked it up and that like a lot of the ruling culture of Egypt came from like Mycenae, which is um, a Greek place. Okay. So they were actually like Mediterranean. A lot of them were white. Some of the rulers were blonde. Yeah, it, and and so Dominic Cooper's playing a Turk, right? It's still like he he would he would, that's different to what we were like yeah. we were just doing I mean it, realistically it would be a lot of different races there would be like black people along with white people and mm. like a spectrum in between yeah. in the ruling class in Egypt at that time it okay. was it was this really kind of interesting racial melting pot right right um but that's not the point we're talking about Dominic Cooper in this Playing in which Turk. it was very racist. Mm. Yeah, playing a Turk, which was – and there was a trailer – what was it? There's a trailer for something beforehand. Oh, the, the Russell Crowe one where Olga Kurilenko plays a Turkish person as well. Mm. So apparently it's not just this movie. Or at least, like, she's roughly in the right area. At least she's true. Eastern European. Yes, like, true, it, You know, it's possible that someone from Eastern Europe could be, you know, have migrated to Turkey. Like, that's possibility. Yeah, Dominic Cooper's just – it's so racist. And like the accent that he's doing and the fact that all the bad guys are the Turks and the good guys are the white Transylvanians who I'm fairly certain that Eastern Europe is not all white. Well, and it's not nearly as, as pasty white as the um the actors playing them. No. No, exactly. Especially lovely blonde well, Sarah the thing Gadon. Is, at that time, Gadon, I'm not sure. Given that they're all part of the Ottoman Empire, there would have been a lot again it would have been like turkey there would have been a huge racial variety especially with the empire ottoman empire having expanded quite so far it was the time of the crusades or sorry the crusades are a little bit earlier but the 1400s i think we're still the the tail end of crusades and so you've got the big ottoman empire you've also got the chinese expanding out and coming towards europe and the europeans expanding east so there's a lot of racial mixing going on at that time as Mm. well so it would they wouldn't all be Yes, the racial markers would not be anywhere near like they're described in the movie. <laughs> no, um, which is all white British people. 
Um, there's a couple on the good of guy side. non-British <laughs> people in this movie, but they're few and far between. Mm. I mean, it's pretty much like a sword and sandals kind of thing. Basically. With <laughs> with vampires. Pretty but, much. I mean, yeah, the the bat the bat effects were pretty great, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. The way that everybody turned into a bunch of bats was cool. Mm. Um, I quite enjoyed that. Every time they did it, I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially, but there's, there's this fight that he has with Dominic Cooper's Turk, mm. Mehmet, by the way. There's this um, fight scene that they have where you're, I was sitting there the whole time like, just turn into a bunch of bats. Why are you fighting like this? This is dumb. There's no reason for you to fight like this. Turn into a bunch of bats. And then he finally does. <laughs> Yes, that's the technical term for what happens. Is that I did they turn like into it. A bunch of um, bats. I did like seeing Dominic Cooper's character appear in like this shining room of silver in his blinged up armor. That was fantastic. He just well, like, I do like that he's not he's so camp. He is great, but I also like that he's not dumb. Yeah, because they make the bad guy dumb in too many movies. Yeah, he's. Although I was kind of disappointed that like because they have this sort of secondary big bad, mm-hmm. which is the blonde guy with the great plat down the middle of his head oh yeah um, yeah with the great hair and they kind of just no but i think they were trying to specifically like invert that trope yeah like i think they were trying to go oh this will be another big fight scene and it's just nope he's gone in two seconds um Uh, yeah see where it's set up that well no i was thinking they were gonna um turn him I was like, why? Why don't you turn him into a vampire? Well, especially when they're useful on your side, you know. There was a girl who came up to him, and I was like, "Will you turn him? He's cute." Yeah, (laughs) but I guess there's that whole thing where when you get turned, you still sort of keep quite a bit of the personality you brought into it. I I thought that about Dominic Cooper actually as well. I was like, "Well, why not turn him? He's cute." Um, Clearly, my my thoughts about who you should turn as a vampire are different to what they were thinking in this no, movie. No, that's pretty much the vampire myth throughout history has been all about turning people you think are hot and yeah, eating exactly. the ones who aren't. That's pretty much whole the vampire lore since forever. Like yeah. vampires are all about sex. Werewolves are all about fear of women. You know, there's all, there's all this basic stuff. I don't. I, I think werewolves are more about fear of the darker side of men. Goes mad once a month. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I um, I think it's more about the duality in men of being beasts. Like, I think um, it's more the fear of men of their own inner beasts. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, fear of women is more like witches and succubi and all that sort of thing. Um, anyway, but that's not the point. I was talking about vampires, which are all about sex. Yeah, vampires are all about fear of sex, mm. especially fear and of women who are sexually attracted to people. Yeah, um, because they're like, oh, why can they possibly be sexually attracted to that person? Yeah, and female sexuality and and punishing women who dare to pursue their desires. Yes, no, f- vampires are definitely about fear of uh, sexuality. I just think that werewolves. I think the once a month thing is a bit of a distraction from what the. I think it, the real fear is the fear of. Turning the, into a monster you can't control. Yes. Okay. The the beastly aspect of that is inside people, which is why werewolves were always men. Yeah. I mean, historically, the werewolf myth actually is yeah. men, whereas vampires are much more. Oh my I mean, God. the vampires yeah. are mostly men, but they're men who attract yeah. women, and the women turn into vampires and become these yeah. really sexually attractive. Like it's all about fear of. Like, it's really obvious, but I'd never actually thought of that. That werewolves are always men. They always are. Werewolves are never not seen them male. Yeah. Any, I mean, there are movies. Um, Ginger Snaps is a particularly great female f- uh, werewolf movie. Right. There's lots of female werewolves on TV shows like Teen Wolf and um, um, Buffy had one, um, Angel had one. So, I mean, they're around. It's just that, like, 
overwhelmingly. Like, and on Buffy, they make the joke about, like, he's not that much fun to be around once a month, yeah, but yeah, neither yeah. am I. But I don't think that's actually the, the core of werewolf mythology is fear of the beast that is within men. Right. And so actually I feel like werewolf mythology is a little bit more women-friendly mm. um, because the women are often the good guys um, who, like, they're the Civilizing devoted, influence. Yes. Yeah. But they're, like, devoted wives who get beaten because the men are like these uncontrollable beasts. Hmm. So, it, it, I mean, it's not great no, because it is saying that men are literally unable to control themselves, mm. but at the same time it's a little bit more sympathetic to women than something like vampire mythology, which is very unsympathetic yeah. towards women traditionally because yeah. it's very much about shaming female sexuality. Anyway. Well, no, because that's kind of important to this movie because the way Sarah Gadon is is she's always dressed in white and she has this beautiful pale skin and long flowing locks. I laughed at yeah. one point. And her, um, her Katniss braid. Um, yeah, yeah. I laughed at one point because there's a shot from behind where he's in his, like, black. Like, he is just in black. His hair is yeah. black. Everything he's wearing is black. And she's there in this white gown. It's just before she dies, Yeah, actually. yeah. Well, that's how they fall from the tower together. Yes. Him black following her and her in white. Right, yeah. exactly. So I, I laughed. And then, like, mm. when she's on the ground, her, her robe actually has red on the inside of it, like, sewn into Yeah, like- <laughs> and then they, they bury her in, like, a red cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so great. The, the, visual, um, the visual sort of aesthetic and the, uh, the visual um, metaphors are not subtle in this movie. No. Like, there's the bit where he's climbing the mountain to get to the vampire <laughs> and he's got the big red cape billowing out behind him. Mm. So subtle, guys. And like the dragon on his thing is red. Basically, the whole mm. the whole color scheme of this movie is black, white, red. Yeah, yeah. And then whatever color light happens to be hitting everything. Mm. So sometimes there's these really orange scenes where there's like lots of orange light, but sometimes there's really gray scenes where there's lots of gray light. So, mm. and the orange scenes are like family scenes, warmth and hearth and home and all that sort of stuff. And um, the, the kid is always shot in orange. I don't know if you noticed, even in the scenes where like. There's not a lot of orange light to shoot on him. Mm-hmm. He's still in orange. Yeah, he's oddly lit in a couple of scenes because they had to shoot him that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. To make him like look like warmth and all that sort of stuff. Except for I think the scene where he's being taken away. Yeah. Where they think he's going to be taken away. I think that's the only time that it's, sh- that it's shot in grey. So mm. it's really, I mean, the symbolism is so subtle in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And the crosses and the ring that like his wedding ring burns him. And yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's so silver. Great. <laughs> oh, dear. I really yeah, yeah. enjoyed it because <laughs> it's not – I don't know. I, I, I think there's something to be said for a movie that knows what it is and does it. Yeah, um, and, and it is so very, very simple. I mean, it's not going to go down in the history of great movies, but – It's not even it going to go fun. down in the history of great Dracula movies. But, no, you know, no. It's fun. And they're clearly setting up for a sequel. So. I've really got to show you some like – you've seen Nosferatu, right? Yeah, I had, I did film class with you, remember? Yeah, we Nosferatu. had to watch it. It was compulsory viewing. Nosferatu is Dracula. Yeah, I know. They just had to sort of change it. the name. Yeah, because the um because um Mary Shelley's estate was not Mary Shelley. Um who wrote Dracula? Bram Stoker. I'm such an idiot. Bram oh, Stoker. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, the Stoker estate. So when Nosferatu was made, sorry, sideline into film history here, his widow, Bram Stoker's widow, was still alive. And she was very litigious, which is why they had to call him Nosferatu and make certain changes to the story. That's so weird. I feel like it's always existed. I know. No, it hasn't. It it's that's why I, I associated with Mary Shelley, but even though she's earlier, but it's that same romantic with a capital R, Gothic with a capital G period of the eighteen hundreds, basically. Well, also, you know, women basically invented horror and sci-fi and stuff. Yeah, so which is why I assumed that it was female. The writer was female because, of course, women have a lot more to explore in that area. 
and yeah. can use horror in a much more interesting way to explore their issues that they couldn't safely explore in regular pose, non-genre. It seems just odd to me that, that Dracula wasn't real. <laughs> I know I'm glad the Impaler existed. Yeah, I know, but it's just this kind of thing where I'm like, he was real, even though, I don't know. I've I've obviously been involved in this stuff too long. Well, I mean, definitely the Dracula myth existed before people wrote it down. Yeah. Like, but Vlad then, the like, Impaler really did exist. So that's what this movie does, a bit of the whole, it kind of meshes actual history. Like, Vlad the Impaler existed. I believe the Ottoman Empire was expanding at that time. There were border skirmishes over the lands of Transylvania. Like, it's the reason the country of Transylvania does not exist anymore, but it used to, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, he was real. What, sorry, Vlad the Impaler was real. Like, the reputation has grown and merged with other myths. But it's interesting. Like, the guy who invented zombies is still alive. Really? George Romero. Oh, right. Yeah. Invented zombies, right? And he's still alive. The fact that the guy who invented zombies is still alive, and yet it's something that sort of everybody kind of accepts as, like, this massive mythology Mm. is so odd to me. And the fact that, like, the guy who invented the Dracula that we know as existing and, and basically the vampire mythology that we know of could have been alive when Nosferatu was well, made. It, it was only, Dracula came out in 1897. That is one, or not even 120 years ago. I know. That, fact- that he could be our great-grandfather. Like, my great-grandpa was born in 1898. Yeah, the fact that that, like, I just feel like these were not real people, that they just kind no. of, these myths sprang uh, into being. No, and they're relatively recent. And they are grounded in the Industrial Revolution and England. And, well, I mean, Bram Stoker was Irish, but they're grounded in English, the, the very much the English-speaking world and, and also, yeah, the Industrial Revolution and all the, you know, the horrors of modernism and things like that. That's, that's the sort of the genesis of modernism comes out of that. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the concept of something like zombies has existed for longer than George A. Romero's and Yeah, and the zombies. concept of vampires existed long before Bram Stoker wrote it down. Right, but there's there's something about the actual sort of mythology that's kind of seeped into our ideas. And also, I mean, it makes sense for zombies to be fairly recent because zombies are fear of disease and our concept of, like, diseases has changed so much. Mm. Um, Especially in the aftermath of the development of antibiotics and penicillin. Exactly. Which is why they only spring up in the aftermath of antibiotics and penicillin, right? Yeah. And the Second World War. So, I mean, it makes sense that the zombies have kind of existed since then. It's just something that's it's so strange to me that zombies, like, have only existed for the last, like, I don't know, 70 years or whatever. That's not something that has always been in our consciousness in terms of mythologies. And it's the same thing with vampires. Like the the way that we currently think of vampires hasn't always existed. Um, I actually saw years and years ago, I saw this great Chinese vampire movie. And it was so, the whole mythology was so different to what we used to. Like there was something, they had to write something down on paper and stick it to their foreheads and then they'd be stuck and they kind of jumped and it was this whole different concept right it was really great i I loved i saw it when i was like 14 i thought it was the funniest thing i'd ever seen it was terrific but i can't remember what it was Mm. Um, but it is interesting to see the different kind of uh, ideas and scary things that have come from different cultures we've got um godzilla of course coming out of japan and Mm. the fear of um, after second, the Second World War, again, the fear of um, nuclear holocaust and things like that, which is so much more prevalent in Japan because 
they were actually affected by an atomic bomb. Yeah. Um, and they know what came out of that. Um, and so mm. you've, you've got fear of things like Godzilla and, and that kind of level of destruction and stuff. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We got slightly sidetracked. No, but that's okay. But talking about vampire mythology, I just lost my microphone. <laughs> talking about vampire mythology, though, in this context is makes a whole lot of sense because, like, what else are we going to talk about? There's not a heck of a lot of, you know, plot, but there's a lot of G. Luke stuff Evans in is there. pretty. <laughs> well, that's pr- kind of the whole reason for going to watch it, isn't it? Um, it kind of is. I mean, there's there were I I just thought it would be fun. Basically, yeah, it seems it is, and it was like I you know I quite enjoyed myself. I didn't um, I didn't get bored for sure. The trailer wasn't at all misleading. Um, no, basically no. what the trailer sets up is what you get in the movie. Pr- pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, like it was just, yeah, it was just kind of fun, I guess. Yeah. I mean, all the usual problems with things like there's no point of view from uh, a women's point of view. There's no, um, it, it presents history as this very one-sided thing, but it does present an interesting. It's all from the perspective of royalty and the ruling class, and especially the women. But it is, it does present an interesting moral journey. Yeah, because it's very much the creation of a monster and all that sort of thing. And he's so, I mean, I think there's something, there was something very, very lovely about the scenes with him and his son. Yes, I thought that was good. They were very affectionate and they were very warm and much more so than in a lot of the movies that we see that are from a similar time. Like Mm. it's all very, you know, a lot of emphasis on being stoic with your sons and and raising them to be. Well, yeah, because they were very much modern parents, like. Um, 1400s parents would have had no trouble at all sending their nine-year-old off to live in another castle, right? I disagree with that strongly. Well, I, I genuinely, like it was just the norm among royalty, right? But they no, were I, actually parents who had chosen not to do that. I don't know. I, I, I disagree with that really strongly because I think you can talk about social norms and like societal pressure to do that. But yeah. at the same time, I don't know if necessarily there would be a lot of parents who would be like, yeah, I'm perfectly happy to send my kid off. No, but I think, I mean, we needed it to move the story along, but I think a, a whatever century it is, 15th century, um, 15th century, like, prince and princess would have been less obviously and overtly. And they imply that with the dad as well. Like, yeah. the dad sent Luke Evans off. Yes. But I think there's something about – like their bond and like the fact that it is it is he, nice I like I agree yeah but I don't I don't think that that was necessarily something that from the point of view of the people who are involved in that like we have all sorts of societal pressures and things like that and we often will give into them and stuff and societal norms but we also like there's certain ones that we don't like yeah and that we'll disagree with and we'll try to change yes right and I don't I, I understand where you're coming from with what you were saying, but at the same time, I think parents are parents and some parents who really, really were connected and connected to their kid and didn't have like nannies raising them, even though there were certain societal norms, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would have been fine with sending their kid off mm. to war. Oh, and, and I think... And can... they only have one. Keep that in mind yeah, as well. The, and... Because I think that's important because Dominic Cooper says at one point that... You can have... If you're virile, you'll have more sons. Yeah. yeah. And, and I... he hasn't. He's had one kid. Right. Which, I mean, which implies... What it implies in that era is that they've lost a lot of kids. It implies... Yeah, there's that. There's the fact that they are particularly protective 
and loving towards that kid that they have. Yeah. That that the connection like the, the the connection between them is strong. Um Luke Evans is shown to be mostly a pretty good dad. And the connection maintains after he becomes a vampire. That was something I quite liked is that people didn't some vampire lore mm, turns you completely evil and stops you caring about your family Buffy. as soon as you're turned, right? But it doesn't happen like that. He doesn't he doesn't lose his soul. None of them do. They're all they all actually are just more intense versions of the people they were. Mm. He still has to let his son go because he can't keep him amongst the vampires. But he's he maintains that bond and with I his think, wife as well. I think part of that is the implication that he was um because I mean Charles Dance specifically says it that he is a he is strong, he's worthy, he's Yeah. Um and well, part of that is his strong kind of and that was another, loyalty and things. Yeah, which was another part of the mythology here, which was that you have to be worthy to take on the title of Dracula or to take on the title of vampire. Right. And and he and just then turns he anybody. Turns, but I, I think the reason Because he needs that, an army. But I think the reason that those guys end up being like evil straight away and he doesn't is for all the reasons that Charles Dance says in the first place. They weren't worthy. Right, exactly. So they weren't and, and he wanted to see the struggle. It's the that like he wanted to watch him fall. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the vampires that he turned were just kind of vampires. So it I mean it was I I loved the raising of the vampire army. I'm sorry. I was so excited when that happened. Yeah, it was cool. Right? It was it made sense. It was cool and it made sense and it was uh, it's just what you would do. Yeah. <laughs> like, um and and I like that they went there, you know, and that he kind of he kind of went full evil and then he changed his mind and then he had to live forever and I I, I it was fun. Yeah. I, I had fun watching this movie. Yeah, me too. I think part of that was the fact that people were kind of committed to the to going full throttle with it and mm. um I feel like there's an, also something to be said for people who really kind of they put the effort into the costuming and the sets and the cinematography and stuff even though some of it was very juvenile i think that there's something to be said for when they really kind of make that effort yeah it wasn't a lazy film no well that the um the costume designer i recognized her name nigella something and uh, she's really well nyla. known. i think it was nyla and yeah n-g-i-l-a yeah. nyla yeah she's a really well known costume designer like yeah they, they were good costumes it looked good some some people might have some issues and, with the zoomy and the whatever but i actually thought it worked for the film like the campiness of the cinematography supported the whole thing um and ramin jawadi did the this the score as well okay. which was very very good i think because i remembered yes. it from the trailers I think um, if it had been for a better movie, yeah, um, it probably would have gone down as quite a a popular score because yeah. I think he did a really good job with the score in this. It's kind of like what happened with Hercules. A good old-fashioned story told well will be enjoyable. I do like that there's more of these coming around. I'd love it if we had some like female point of view ones. I'd love mm. some witch movies. Witch movies would be great. Yeah, we haven't had any of those since the 90s. We totally need more. Um, I don't think that witches represent a fear that we have at the moment. Mm. Um, I Whereas think zombies with disease. Zombies, exactly. Zombies are going to be Well, the other thing about zombies is also apocalypse and um, collapse of society stuff, which is very big right now because it's yeah. a genuine fear that people have. Exactly, and that's what does well. Yeah. Um, vampires, I think, have been usurped not so much as just fear of feminine sexuality but as fear of teen sexuality. Mm. Um, and I think that is why this they became so popular again. Yes. And I think that's partly because of Buffy, mm. that the fear of teen sexuality and the expression of that 
Yeah. And vampirism as, as a metaphor for that mm-hmm. kind of came into sort of the public view with, through Buffy. Um, so I think this one is definitely a different kind of vampire movie because it isn't really about – I mean, this this isn't vampires as sexuality at all. This no. is vampires as brutality. This is more like vampires as werewolves. Yeah. but And there's also that heart – it's also about – The violence in the hearts of men. That's what I wanted to say before. Yeah. It's fear of the violence in the hearts of men. And that's what this is all about. But it's also about male roles as protectors and military and leaders and things like that. Yep. So it's very much about reinforcing – um, patriarchal ideas. I think not just reinforcing them, but I think I think this is kind of like the werewolf mythology in that, but he has a choice. Yeah, and he chooses it. it yes, I thought that was very interesting because that's not always the way it goes. Often, yeah. people just turn the way he turned his dying friends, whereas he had he had the choice, and he also. Had the whole three-day get-out-of-jail card thing as well. Yeah, but I think part of that is that that it's a game and that yeah. they want to see him make that choice. But I think also, yeah, there, there is that something. I, I think this is much more of um, – this isn't really about vampire mythology and I think that's one of the failings of it is that it's mm. not about being a vampire and what vampirism represents. Yeah. Um, it's more about – it's about bloodlust. <laughs> They say a lot, but it is about whether or not we can control the violence inside of us and that sort of thing. And that's so it's not just about reinforcing patriarchal ideas, but also what is it about masculinity and, and what's bad about it as well. Mm-hmm. Like what's good about it is that he loves his wife and listens to her and wants to protect his son. Mm. But what's bad about it is that it it has it comes with this violence. It, it leads him down this path of violence as the only way of being able to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, interesting. Um, so yeah, I think that's that. I I think it's more. Um, it doesn't really tap into what we are interested in in terms of vampires. It, it's this fear of what people can turn into when they give into what we consider to be bad things. Yeah, to their sort of desires, really basic Base desires. desires yeah. yeah. But witches, witches are the real fear of female power. Yeah, witches are the fear of like, um, women. Magical women, you know, m- women who have power yeah. are terrifying. Which is what witches always are. my favorite. <laughs> I grew up being a, such a fan of witches. I grew up on Bewitched and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I just thought witches were the best. Even now, when people talk about witches as being bad, I forget that that's a thing. <laughs> like, I, I loved Harry Potter. I loved, I think witches are wonderful and I always wanted to be one. So I'm not sure that that's exactly what the mythology is supposed to do. But that's the effect it had on me. Well, I mean, it'd be great to see more movies about witches because witches could be the good guys and the bad guys. And mm. you've got, I mean, that's why we enjoyed Hansel and Gretel and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like um, Hansel and Gretel is very much about women's power and how uh, it can be used for bad or good and mm. all sorts of stuff. Like you could do all sorts of things with witches that just haven't been mm. explored recently. And I think they could. I'd yep. love to see more movies about witches. With modern special effects, that'd be amazing. And I'd love to see more movies about vampires in term framing them in terms of like fear of sexuality yeah. um but i think there's a societal fear of sexuality that's going on at the moment and it's interesting to try and flip that on its head okay yeah so dracula untold i will give it three stars yes i will give it two and a half okay fair enough all right. Thanks for listening. Um, if you want to read our show notes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. You can find us on Tumblr where we reblog all kinds of things. 
tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Katie has a blog where she writes up reviews of everything so you can listen to her talk and you can read them, which is awesome. Silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, which is pretty easy. We're just Silver Screen Queens. And on Twitter, at screen underscore queens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.